Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Um, That's basically what our our episode today is going to encompass is we're going to give thanks to the game of golf and all the different little nuances that have really shaped our lives. I know you guys have heard our story, but we're going to get into a a few different things in the game of golf, whether they're silly or, or realistic or kind of hit home that um, that we're thankful for in this game of golf. But uh, before we get to the actual golf talk, we want to tell you guys about WGT Golf. So you guys played last week. We did the Retro Open. This week we've got, starting Friday through Sunday, the 29th, we'll be hosting the Candy DMs Classic at Marion. That is a great name. We came up with that, but for the record. Um, we come up with all the WGT names, and they are fire. So you're welcome for that. We did a little spitball and got with the Candy DMs Classic. So that's right, a fun Thanksgiving-themed tournament for all you fine folks. All country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can win. That's also real news. All of you have to do is join the DNVR 4. Now we have four country clubs, not just three. We have four. So you can't get your ass whooped in the DNVR 3 country club by me anymore. You have to join four. Head over to Marion Golf Course. Enter the close to the whole challenge. All you need to do is you don't need to play well. You just need to play. Submit your screenshot to our pinned Twitter thread on DN, at DNVR Sports or email them to info at thednvr.com. Once you have entered to win, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and a mask, and we'll ship it straight to you for free. We're going to host a new course every single week leading up to Christmas. Winners are picked every single Monday, so you've got nothing to lose. Get, head over to the App Store and download WGT today if you haven't. Join DNVR4 Country Club and head over to the Candy DMs Classic at Marion. Hit some balls and get close to the pin. Enter your screenshot and you're in. WGT is not only the world's most popular golf game, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. So get over to that fourth country club and get yourself a chance to win some awesome DNVR swag. So I am your host, uh, Big Drive Spence, other known, otherwise known as Spencer Smith, a.k.a. Spudsy. I'm here with my brother Mitchell. What's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. What a, what a time. What a time to be, to be alive. alive. Thanksgiving in 2020, <laughs> you can't hang out with your own family. You're not supposed to go outside your household. Whole Unless bunch you're of the mayor of Denver, but <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to go there. Yeah, let's not. Uh, this isn't a political podcast. This is a golf podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna stay away from that. But let's get into uh, some things that we're thankful for in golf. Um, you know, this is kind of a time of the year where we all sit around and reflect and and realize, you know, how important our families are, especially this year. Um, 
there's not a lot of other people you can really hang out with. <laughs> so it's your family, your household, the people you live with. And I know I'm thankful for you as much as I sometimes get annoyed with you and you piss me off. I'm, I'm very thankful for you, my dude. I was going to say the same thing. I know that sounds corny, but I'm, I'm very thankful for my brother and my mom and just just our family, you know, and Kylie. And it's It's been a weird year, but it's the core group of people around you that really kind of help you pull through it. And that's what it has been this year. And, and honestly, just golf in general. I mean, it's been uh, an outlet and somewhat of a savior for so many people from going absolutely batshit crazy. It was really one of the only things you could do all year. So I'm sure a lot of people are, are thankful for golf, uh, especially in 2020. Oh, absolutely. And well, let's just jump right into it then because I kind of had some notes here of what I was thankful for trying to think of golf and and uh, what what I was thankful for in golf. And number one on my list was basically just the resiliency of the game in general to get as popular as it was this year. And like you said, save a lot of people. Not, I guess, I mean, even I actually had one member that said that the golf course saved his life this year. Uh, he said he didn't have anything else to do. He couldn't really go to the bar most of the summer that he goes to with his buddies. Um, golf was really his only outlet, and he actually told me it saved his life. So this is this is bigger than just golf, and golf has become much bigger just in general this year with all the new players, everybody hopping into it, everybody getting back into it if they hadn't already, things like that. And, and it's just been amazing, the resiliency of this game, and it's a great sport for social distancing. It's super easy to check in just from a window or from your phone in some places and go out there and be social distant but also enjoy the game enjoy some buddies you're you know you're playing in a group you enjoy your friends you enjoy some cocktails and just truly the game of golf gave us all something to be able to watch and to just like it was the first live sport that was back and i can guarantee you that anybody that likes sports at all probably tuned into that match of tiger woods and phil mickelson this year because it, we hadn't seen anything live. It was just Netflix and chilling all year, really. And after March twelfth, I believe, when both the leagues shut down, and I know I enjoyed that match. Uh, I'll get into Tiger Woods a little bit later, but I just the fun of watching live TV and such a simple thing to do. And we did some, you know, live live streams for golf, which we're going to do next year a ton. Have a bunch of different big uh, big drive lives out at Spring Valley, the Valley of Fun, and other courses, but. I know golf's resiliency. I'm super thankful for it. kept me, kept us in a job all of year, all the year, and uh, you know we didn't get laid off. Didn't uh, we did have to go into work? We didn't get to work. You can't really work at a golf course from home. But I'm just truly thankful for the resiliency this sport showed and allowed us to stay in work, people to get out of the house and have a release. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and also its ability to adapt, um, and. I'm going to be dead honest, golf uh, kind of got this opportunity as a whole laid right in front of it, and it took advantage. I mean, golf, the game itself has capitalized on its uh, viewership or capacity, you know, um, I'm looking for a different word here, but the demographic of people that can golf are, if they didn't already, they started to this year, and and I know that a lot of golf courses have had to make adjustments on the fly. I mean, we had to make it 
our, our online tea times were a totally different setup than they were in years past. And, um, our pro shop was basically closed. And, and so we, we just kind of had to alter the way we did things to survive, you know, ad- uh, adapt and survive. And that's what we did. And, uh, golf is much better now for it than it was a year ago. So, Oh, absolutely. I remember still the phone calls from our owner, Eric, in early March when we told we were getting shut down and all this other stuff and had to figure out a way to be able to, once we got open again and the world didn't open up by any means, but started to, some things were starting to open up and recreation and getting people outdoors was one thing that I know, or at least have to imagine was huge for world leaders, governors, you know, whatever you think of the governor is not the point of this podcast, but I know in their meetings and in their minds, they had to get people out of the house because I spent 10 days in quarantine and it's an, it's not a good feeling. It's uncomfortable, man. And, and being able to go out on the golf course or just go out and ride your bike, be in the park, different things like that have probably saved a lot more lives. And I'm sure there'll be, there already has been quite a few studies on the whole thing, but I'm sure there's going to be quite the studies on what people took up this year, golf being one of the main things, you know, whether it be riding your bike or doing this or that, uh, that really say it may have changed people's lives for the better going forward, but also, and I know a lot of people with golf, it is like, it's, it's gotten them into a new sport. It's, it challenges you and mentally and physically. And a lot of people are going to be thankful for just being outdoors and, and the different things they could do. And I know, I don't take for granted anything anymore when it comes to sports. You know, I, I was just watching Arizona State, Rhode Island basketball. You know, like in two, a, a year ago, unless it was a tournament game, you wouldn't have caught me dead unless I was betting on it or that too. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me dead watching that game on a Wednesday night. I'd probably be watching something else or just not really paying attention. But now anytime live sports are on and all these organizations, the PGA Tour – I'm sure it hasn't been easy for them. I'm sure it hasn't been easy for the NFL losing all that revenue, that ticket revenue. But they've all come together and figured out a way to uh, to really make sports happen and, and give people something to watch, something to do. You know, like even if we're stuck inside the house, it's still like, oh, you know, last, last weekend was a perfect example with the Masters. I didn't have a problem not leaving the house from Thursday through Sunday, all the coverage and you know, the different TV networks that got in and every single hole, there's coverage of every single player, every single shot. So I know that helped the game of golf a lot. We were trending down the last, not the last two years, but, you know, we I sit in these PGA meetings and we talk about the game of golf and not necessarily the game, but the business of golf. And we were trending down for a good three to four years in a row and have made a recent surge the last two years and now a gigantic surge i know rounds were up all over the country and it's just so good for people to try something new you know get out of their comfort zone and when you only have a few options you know it's either sit at your home sit at home all day and twiddle your thumbs and feel sorry for yourself or get out and try something new and do something different totally agree with you there um so i think we need to get into uh our favorite players like icons that we are thankful for in the game of golf. So I'll let you start it off. I think you have the low hanging fruit here. Um, so you just, you go for it. Yeah. Well, so like we talked, we've talked about this before, but the golf is not only a game for us. It's our job. It's our livelihood. It's pretty much our lives. And that didn't start happening until we were about 12 or 13 when mom got us into it. 
Um, and really, the guy I'm the most thankful for in the game of golf that made it fun for me, and and I just have I'm still obsessed with him. I don't watch. I don't particularly love watching tournaments if he's not in them. I still do watch quite a bit of golf, more than the average Joe, but not as much as some people. But if Tiger Woods is playing, man, he is. It's my guy, and um, I'm just thankful for him in a you know in a funny way because him getting me into golf has not only shaped, not only made me better at a sport and more obsessed with a sport, but it it gave me a career path. It gave me a plan to follow. You know, I, I knew I wanted to get into sports in some capacity when I was in high school, but once I started playing a ton of golf and watching Tiger Woods, uh, you know, at this point he was a little past his prime, um, but not entirely. And he, he's just such an electric factory to watch, you know, when he goes out in the Masters and makes a 10 and then makes five birdies in a row. It's still the talk of most of the Masters, you know, DJ. You yeah, know, it's it's mostly TV, yeah, no matter what. DJ set records, and we talked about all of those, but, you know, Tiger Woods making the 10 was one of the, you know, bigger blunders of the week, maybe the biggest blunder of the weekend. And then him making five of six birdies was one of the, the, the best six-hole, if not the best six-hole stretch of the weekend, too. And I, I'm thankful for Tiger, man, because... It's just amazing how he took over a sport that was never really that popular in, in terms of TV wise and and a certain demographic. You know, yeah, like he, if, he just made it cool. If we yeah. want to, yeah, if we want to be real, golf has always been like an old white man's sport. If you ever you've seen the movie Caddyshack, but if anyone out there listening has seen the movie Caddyshack, still one of the greatest golf movies ever, if not the greatest in my mind. And that's just kind of a perfect example of what golf feels like it is when they're out there playing. It's older, white, rich dudes with kids carrying their bags, being dicks to them, you know, things like that. That's what golf has kind of always been. And Tiger changed the world, like changed the golf world for the better. He made it cool. He made it popular. And I would argue, you know, the LeBron James, yeah, Michael Jordan, guys like that. But I don't think any one man is single-handedly carried a sport on his back. Like if LeBron James got hurt tomorrow. Yeah, maybe ESPN. the NBA would still go on. Yeah, maybe but. ESPN would be sad, but ninety percent of the fans that aren't Lakers fans or LeBron fans would still watch the NBA. I can almost guarantee that if Tiger Woods wasn't going through what he was going through from two thousand to two thousand seven, and in that era, golf may not even be around anymore. It may not be you know PGA Tour would be around, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be TV. It wouldn't be televised. It wouldn't be near as big as it was. I mean, some, just going into some Tiger Woods stats like how incredible he is like 82 he has two, 82 tour wins 12 international wins and 14 other victories so a total of excuse me 108 Nine. oh 108 I'm, I'm wins sorry i'm bad at math yeah yeah i had to do some math in my head too but 108 <laughs> total wins and so his next top 10 which he would have should have gotten in the masters until he shit the bed on 12 on sunday but his next top 10 will be his 200th top 10 in professional golf. 200. I mean, the dude just took over. He's made, he's played in 368 professional golf tournaments, and he's made 334 cuts. I know, like, that doesn't seem like a lot, or, you know, making the cut seems easy, but there's dudes out there on tour that grind and practice six, seven hours a day and just hope they make one cut a year or hope they make one cut a month just to keep the paycheck rolling in. Um... And, 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 like, you look at it, like, what the first ever golf video game, once video games got popular that came out, what was it called? It was called Tiger Woods PGA Tour. 
Yeah. You know, there, there's never been a Madden game that's called Patrick Mahomes Madden NFL football or anything like that, you know? Like, never an NBA game, never any of that. Like, that's how much he just took over the sport. And he's won over, I mean, simple over $120 million on tour. Not a big deal or anything. And in f- 10 different years of his career, he's won five or more championships. 10 different calendar years. I mean... I could throw Tiger Woods numbers out all day. Gee, I'm not going to bore you with that. But overall, I'm just thankful for the GOAT um, because he really brought golf to a new level, both on a from a fan perspective and from a, a player's perspective. They wouldn't have near the purses that they have nowadays if it wasn't for him. I can guarantee you just about every golfer in the world. You know, Arnie was great. Um, Jack Nicholas was the best ever. Some people would argue he's the best ever. But nobody changed the sport for the better than more than Tiger Woods. Yeah, he he moved the needle more than maybe any other athlete has done for a sport ever. And it really is magnificent because Tiger was a great athlete in his own right and he chose golf. I mean, there is a lot of guys that are athletes that choose golf. Look at Dustin Johnson. He could have been a basketball player, could have been an Olympic swimmer. Uh, he he's a freak athlete, but uh, Ricky, can, Fa- Ricky Fowler could have been a professional motocross racer. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a diverse group of guys that I, I and it, it's kind of funny because we were into motocross when we were little. But I mean, how many guys do you think can race motocross and then play golf? That is just two totally different ends of the spectrum. But I can say that uh, for a fact back when uh, Jack Nicholas was playing and Arnie and Gary Player and even um, lesser-known guys. I mean, there's a lot of lesser-known guys, but uh, the purses were not even a tenth of, of what they are right now. Like, you could make a, a fairly good living. I'd love to see, I don't know if you can pull it up real quick, but Spencer, what are Ben Hogan's uh, career money earnings on the PGP tour because and one of the wait say, best, that, say that again I lost you one of what are what are Ben's Ben Hogan's uh, career earnings on the PGA tour During just to the, give people night what do you well, okay guess um. I guess like two hundred and fifty thousand. Ben Hogan passed away on July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven, at eighty four year old. During his career, he earned he earned a total of thirty thousand four hundred dollars. Oh my god! That yeah. You earn and more than that making a cut now, and just it, scraping into a Saturday round and shitting yourself on the weekend. You make more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You're basically finishing, if you finish top 50, you're making 30 plus K now. So it just goes to show you how times have changed. And and Tiger was the first person to really put golf on the map and bring viewership, like you said, and bring spectators. So even though all these other guys are going out and getting their ass beat by Tiger, they were and they still are, they're still thankful for him because they can finish top 25 and make seventy five, a hundred seventy five thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars and it's uh it's he definitely has just changed the sport as the whole um good 
goes without saying. Oh, absolutely. So who who are you thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for guys that have brought the the lighter side to golf. Uh, John Daly is obviously the first guy you think of, but then you've got guys today like Kevin Kisner, um, other guys that have a really good sense of humor that go out and they know how good they are and they know how good they're not. Like Kevin Kisner knows he's, he probably will never be one of the top five best players in the world, but he's made millions of dollars and he goes out and has a great time and gets kicked off his own uh, home country club for drinking too many beers with his buddies and just keeping it lighthearted. And there, there's definitely two sides to it. We've talked about it, but there's guys who, who treat it like a job and obviously you do have to treat it like a job, but then there's other guys that really try to go out and enjoy themselves and, and soak in the moment. And and really just take whatever golf gives them. And I feel like that's also grown the sport in the last decade to two decades. Uh, I, I don't think back in the day you had guys like, even like Lee Trevino, uh, Chichi Rodriguez that spice things up a little bit. They're different. You know, they brought a, a different style to golf and a, it showed people that you didn't have to wear certain shoes or, or this or that, or whereas, you know, be a certain person or wear a certain type of clothing to play good golf. And it's just the, the outliers that really made the difference and, and forged the way for what golf is today. Now, I mean, how many guys do you see wearing wingtip golf shoes anymore? Like maybe a dozen guys on in, in a given PJ tour event and it used to be where if you didn't wear wingtips and a, a collared shirt or whatever, you were looked down upon, you know, it was a rich man's sport. And it's it's moving in the other direction where it's becoming more accessible to people and you can go out and casually have a good round and wear a t-shirt and jeans and and just go out and enjoy yourself. I mean, it is a game at the end of the day, so that's that's really what we're looking for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and even, you know... He doesn't have quite the sense of humor, but to your point, Dustin Johnson fits that mold exactly. You you think he's like a stuck-up golf douchebag? No, absolutely not. He likes to party. He likes to hang out with his family. He likes to take pictures of Paulina completely (laughs) naked the day after winning a Masters. I mean, the dude's just an outright legend. And, you know, he, he kind of... He's so talented that he can go out and win the Masters and break the course or break the Masters record for scoring, etc. Yet he doesn't obsess about this game, and and basically he breaks you know what we've been trying to do in this podcast and show people, and what I think golf is in, in general is trying to do is break the barrier of that this is a lame ass, boring old person sport. And Dustin Johnson's a perfect example of that like he's not the hilarious you know going to speak out and say things that maybe make the papers or make barstool or whatever it is, but he definitely embodies that whole, like, yo, golf's fun as hell, it's cool, I play it, I'm better than everyone at it, but I'm also not a douchebag, and I'm not obsessed about all, every little rule and everything, I just go out there and play and have a good time and end up being really good doing it, so. Yeah, and I think Brooks Kepka is almost the exact same way, I mean, the guy is a, a great athlete, and 
he just doesn't care. And there, he was doing an interview on Instagram and somebody asked him, they're like, why do you put out like this beef head, like douchebag persona? And he was like, because people like you care, like, because people like you talk about it. You know what I mean? He, he just brings that outlier where, you know, he's going to compete in every major, you know, he's going to bring his best stuff and he doesn't necessarily need to eat, uh, sleep and breathe golf. He just, it's what he does for a living. And he can go out and enjoy himself and, and live a normal life and also play golf. So I, I really do like that. It's, I wouldn't say it's normalizing golf, but it, there's so many kids in high school that I know we dealt with them and people everywhere. Uh, they think that golf when they're younger, they're like, Oh, that's such an old man sport or whatever. Like I caught a bunch of shit in high school for playing golf. And now everybody my age is asking me to, teach them how to play golf because it's one of the only sports you can do at like 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. You're not out there playing football. I mean, we are playing a little uh, Thanksgiving touch football tomorrow, but that's not going to be quite the uh, display that I put on, on a golf course. You know, I, there's going to be a lot more huffing and puffing and um, maybe an inhaler here or there. But on the golf course, I, I can look like an athlete. And that's what I'm thankful for. I mean, it makes me look good. And that's that sounds selfish, but it, it's pretty true. I mean, it, it really, we've said it a million times, but it doesn't matter what you look like or how big or tall or strong you are. You can get beat by anyone in golf. And yeah. it, it makes it beautiful. You'll never find a uh, John Daly-looking guy at, at in any other sport in the world. Exactly. Well, maybe baseball. I mean... I mean, when, base- Babe, when Babe Ruth played, maybe. But even now, like you're going to catch a guy looking like that, hitting a 100-mile-an-hour fastball that's moving six inches. I th- yeah, who am I thinking of? I can't put a finger on it. Well, I mean, Pablo but- Sandoval's fat, but he's still athletic. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that, and I think that golfers are still athletic, too. John uh, Daly's hand-eye coordination is probably one of the best in the country, the country, I mean, the world, in order to swing the way he swings, and, and he does what he does. And you just, there's some shit you just can't teach, and and guys like John Daly just have it. They just, they make it happen, and that's that's the beauty of it. I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, what else are you thankful for in, in in the world of golf? I know you got some things. Um, I'm thankful for booze on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, I, buddy. I'll give you a little a little background on on my drinking ability in golf. When I used to take golf pretty serious, uh, when I had just turned 21, I was still playing professionally, and I never drank. You know, I it, I kind of treated it like a job. Roughly, I mean, I. I partied too much, and that's why I don't do that anymore. Um, that's not, why you don't play I, professional I, golf or party anymore. <laughs> no, I, I don't play professional golf anymore. I, I picked the wrong one, apparently. But, uh, yeah, I, I never drank. I never, you know, I, I was pretty locked in on what I was doing on the golf course. And now, um, once I kind of quit playing professionally, I... I dabbled a little bit with trying to drink on the golf course and it never really went that well. 
like I think I was kind of a lightweight too. And I was like, oh God, I just couldn't get my bearings. And then I've, I've slowly eased my way to now I can shoot, and I'm not trying to brag here, but I can shoot four or five, six under and be pretty hammered. Like Patrick, your it, genius is showing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just blows my mind that uh, it, it honestly just it lets your reflexive, your reflexes come into play. It's not as much about um, thinking and in golf, that's one of the toughest things. Everybody's like, I wish I could just quit thinking and just do it. And that's really what booze does for me on the golf course. I mean, More drinking, less thinking. More drinking, less thinking. We should create I'm a shirt that at... says that. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great be a good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. We're going to trademark that, so if you're listening, you can't fuck us. <laughs> I don't know if you just hatched that or not, but that's pretty I did. good. I did. I actually did. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Pretty I'm, impressive. I'm impressed, but I... I have had a, a tough road with drinking, and um, no, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> you make it sound like you've fucking been to rehab no, three yeah, times. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm sorry. I, oh, I think we 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 lost Mitchell for a second, so he is. Oh, did you did you lose me? Yeah, you're back now. You're good. Okay, I apologize. I'm moving around. I was kind of laughing, but uh, I I lost. <laughs> let's let's put it this way. I I've tried to figure out where my my highs and lows are with drinking and golf, and I've kind of found it. And I can play some really fucking good golf. There's actually people I know that can't play good golf when they're sober, which is a, a very real thing too. I mean, you get to the point where you're just so used to feeling relaxed and like not thinking about it and just going up there and swinging that when you play a sober round, we played with Chase Hackett's buddy who he just started playing sober golf for the first time in years. And he was like a scratch golfer. And he said it made him like a three or four handicap because he just, he lost a couple of strokes in there just because he was overthinking it or just a little too tense. And, and that's really what it can do for you, or if you're not used to it, it can really throw you off your game. So it's definitely something you kind of got to ease your way into. Oh yeah, I know there's a there's a very defined line for me when it comes to drinking on the golf course. I I get in a a groove for a few holes, uh, but if I don't either keep that level or get so more sober, and I just get drunker. By the last like four holes of the round, usually it's uh, it's a ball in pocket situation. Pretty much every hole. Yeah, I've I've been in rounds where I've just been way too fucked up. Oh well, Mitchell's gone again. So what the fuck? He's skipping. Am I? You're skipping hard. Am uh, I here? Technology nowadays is so fun. Am I here now? Yeah, you're here. Okay, I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I've been through rounds of golf where I have topped it. I've borderline whiffed it. I've never like completely whiffed it, but uh, drinking just as a whole on the golf course specifically is a great way to relax, great way to not give a shit if you shoot 100 or you shoot your best round ever you know it's it's kind of 
kind of catch 22 you never know what you're gonna get it's a box of chocolates oh yeah well a little backstory for you guys if you listen to the podcast when we had our buddies oliver and alec on when they were out um from indiana and south carolina and we played golf with them at fossil trace mitchell has had a great round going took it a little bit overboard by the end of it and then <laughs> proceeded to say about four words the entire podcast so if you know him he's and you've heard these podcasts before when he gets going or gets on a tangent he's and i know him for i've known him since the second he was born uh he's a talker but that day he was mute he was had a few too many yeah, that that's my go-to is when I, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I just quit talking, like, and that's when I'm drinking anywhere. I, <laughs> I don't, like, act a complete fool myself for the most part as far as I know, but I just, I just kind of shut the fuck up, and <laughs> I think it's served me well because I think I know I can't talk. So I just don't try. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think yeah. uh, that's that's another thing that's great about golf in general is how many other sports can you say, ah, oh, it's just too drunk as an excuse when you don't play well? Like, you're not going to go to the YMCA and play basketball and be hammered and be like, yeah, it's just like fucking booze coming that's out of me. too fucked up. Yeah, yeah, like in golf, it's a perfect excuse, dude. You get too drunk and you start losing the wheels, start coming off about 12 or 13 and you just blame it on the alcohol. Yeah, or you smoke uh, a bowl. Uh, you, alcohol. You smoke, you smoke a jazzy or something, and you take a, a whole off or two, and you know it's not that big of a deal. You take a couple X's, and you're like, "Well, it's only a couple over without those X's," you know. And oh yeah, absolutely. That's another thing I'm thankful for. Well, I shouldn't be as thankful as you should, but taking X's in match play um, is a lot of people's go to to save their ego when it comes to making big numbers oh yeah um, i'll take my share of x's one one thing kind of piggybacking off of that i'm definitely thankful for gimme putts um because i can i've been known to miss the two three footer and you've played enough golf with me that you know that i know that i'm gonna miss it but no but when we play with people that are new i usually try to give them the like the eye like are you really gonna make me fucking putt this and if they know better, they yeah, will. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer likes to, to bag, and uh, sometimes he gets putts where I'm like, holy shit, I would have made him hit that seven days a week. But some of our friends are generous enough to, to not. The other, the other tough thing with Spencer is if he misses a few of those, he'll just get so pissed off it might just ruin your round of golf. So you almost kind of do it out of a uh, – uh, just sanity for the group in general, you know. Com- try just to a comfortability a, factor. Yeah, just a comfortability thing. Like, let's try to have a fun round today. I don't want to see Spencer miss two, three footers, and all of a sudden his putter's in the fucking woods, and he's <laughs> like rage, fucking hitting t markers and swinging at shit, swinging at fence posts putting clubs over his knee you never know what's gonna happen so i've gotten better i've gotten better about that as a whole but i still have like the occasional like if it's like three or four holes in a row i'll i will have a freak out at some point usually i've gotten better about throwing clubs because i've broken so many of them by throwing them that i'm kind of tired of trying to replace those especially when i like the club but i do hit a breaking point at some points where i just can't keep it in any longer you get to the point where you see Spencer's face and you know he's about to boil over and that's usually when I give the Bev card a shout and try to buy him a cocktail or 
or get him to take a shot or whatever, uh, throw in a, a dip or something along those lines to chill him out a little bit so he doesn't just go completely off the rails. Because me personally, I'm one of those kinds of people. I, I'm not particularly happy when I'm playing like dog shit, but it also doesn't happen that often. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, goddamn. <laughs> but, but I don't, I try specifically not to ruin other people's rounds if I'm playing poorly. Spencer could give less of a fuck. Like, he couldn't care any less. He stomps around like a fucking six year old, and I love him to death for it, but. This is Spencer that, circa like two K eighteen. I'm I am much better now. Oh yeah, he's turned over a new leaf. That's that's what it is. I I did have a putter throw a couple weeks back um, that I wasn't too proud of, and it, it did get some good air time. But that's the worst thing about like getting pissed off and throwing a club is like the second you do it, it feels so good, like so good to just launch it, and then after it's over, whether the putter breaks or hits the cart path or. Just people around you look at you. You're just like, God, I'm such a fucking tool. It's, it was that quote from Drew Locke uh, to was Zach Stevens, our boy. Right when it leaves my hands, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, right right when I let it go, I'm like, fuck, what a mistake. It's I look like a six-year-old out here throwing a temper tantrum. But sometimes you just have to let it go, you know. It's whatever, whatever helps, and I've played with... Plenty of friends, shout out Eric Tuttle, who comes to mind, who, I, I funny story, if you've played the Valley of Fun on number eight, we've got a, a large area of ESA that you technically are not supposed to go in, and you hit your approach shot over it, and I've had, it, so Eric Tuttle and then another friend, Bill Murphy, and a few others that I've seen go out at dark and, and try to hunt down their club in the middle of the ESA because they went a full one-arm sling right into the middle of that shit before their ball even landed. They just hit it in automatic club throw. So it happens to the best of us. doesn't matter how good or bad you are, but it's always somewhat entertaining to see, at least if, if you're not that person throwing the club. Oh, absolutely. Well, another thing I'm thankful for just in – in golf in general is the the business the business side of it of course is the amount of people you meet through golf or at in golf you know like i think people are are getting more comfortable you know when you first start golfing you don't want to play with other people or play with randos or especially in this covid era a lot of people are all worried about who they're playing with and i don't completely you know discount that or give that any no merit but you know, every time you go on the golf, you never know who you're going to meet. You never have any idea. You know, like, you, you could go to the first, te- you know, the Valley of Fun's a little lo- more low-key, but you go out and play a fairly nice course. Like, the other day, I mean, we have TJ Ward, who's going to be on one of our podcasts here soon, come out, and I had some buddies that made a tee time completely different from him. They had no idea, and then they show up, and it's like, oh, my God. And I was like, dude, you guys are playing with uh, TJ Ward today. And they're like, what? Like the Broncos safety? And I was like, yeah. And they were just completely random. And that can happen anywhere, you know? I think good old uh, Paxton Lynch is playing out at the Valley of Fun next Monday. So, um, you that, know. That rat fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never liked the guy. So, so he's taking, come on out. He's taking a little break off his video game stint and going to come out and play the Valley of Fun. And 
two, you know, three random people are going to get paired with a first round draft pick in the NFL, and they had no clue, you know. So, go and and it's not always that exciting, but you know, it's not like you never know who you're going to meet. You can make a business deal on the golf course. You can do so many things on the golf course, and that's you know what it's there for, and that's what's exciting about it. I always. I always enjoy, you know, you just hear when you're sitting there waiting for a tee shot or whatever, you can talk with members, talk with other people, and and hear stories that you never heard. We got members that tell us jokes all the time, some of them pretty funny, some of them dumb as hell, or funny if you're over 50, whatever. You know, senior citizen, citizen little area where they think everything's funny or these stupid jokes are funny, but, you know, whatever floats your boat, and, and you get to meet people, and you get to socialize, and... And also play your own game and, and have fun at the same time and drink and do whatever you want. Yeah, I, I like to think that I've made some of my best friends still to this day on the golf course. And I think that's really cool. And and I'm also thankful, uh, here's another one I'm thankful for, is golf buddies, uh, no matter what age. Because I seriously play golf with people in their 50s. And I play golf with people who are teenagers you know everywhere in between i have friends that are getting ready to retire who have already retired and then i have friends who are not even in college yet and we play golf together and it's it's kind of that really cool middle ground that you can find with somebody else where you're all just trying to play golf and have fun and get better so oh yeah absolutely well uh, anything else that you're thankful for that you want to you want to say before we get out of here for, um, for the I don't day? think so man I I think we've pretty much covered all of it I'm I'm thankful for the game in general it's it's pretty much shaped our lives and I think it it's done the same for a lot of other people so it's uh it's a game changer you know I yeah, it's a life it's a life changer really yeah it really is in so many different ways and you really do have to experience it to to tell but Oh, absolutely. And once you get into it, though, I've seen 90% of the people that I see get into the game and never start, like, they come in and they talk about how fun it was, how awesome it was. They don't, it's not like, oh, I hate this, I'm never doing that again. It only takes one or two good shots, you know, before you decide you can do it and you realize you can do it and then it becomes your favorite game or becomes your favorite sport and you you realize when you get a little older, you can't run as fast playing softball. You can't you know, play football anymore. You can't play basketball as quick or as well anymore. But golf is one of those things where you can be that old, wily veteran, if you will, where you can be greater on the greens and a great putter and still beat kids younger than you, you know. And oh, yeah. it doesn't matter how strong or fast you are or athletic, you, you can be better than everybody. So we've said that. Yep. Absolutely. All right, well, before we get out of here, actually, I had one more thing I wanted to share with you, actually, share with all you guys, which is pretty cool. So I I did a little research, um, and I picked the top six golf courses around America with the coolest Thanksgiving-themed names. And and so these are pretty cool. So number six on my list was uh, Pumpkin Ridge. That's in Oregon. Oregon, yeah. It's a pretty badass name. Um, Yeah. Yeah, pumpkins kind of Thanksgiving, more Halloween, but you know, I I decided to kind of make it a honorable, kind of just October, November, honorable mention type of deal. Yeah. Uh, number five in Stowe, Massachusetts, we have Butternut Farm Golf Club. Oh, so, butternut! You know, I love me a little butternut squash with a little butter in it. 
Um, a little well, cinnamon sugar cinnamon in it. Cinnamon sugar, possibly. nothing better than that on Thanksgiving. Um, well, there's a few things better, but nothing better than adding that to the to the buffet. Um, in Harwick, Massachusetts, we have the Cranberry Valley Golf Club. So pretty, Ooh. pretty cool. Kind of like the Candy DMs Classic. We thought about doing the Cranberry Classic, but that got overruled. The Candy DMs are way better with the little marshmallows. Like, like uh, what's that word? What's that word? Yeah, like heat it with a. What's the great word? The cool word for it when you heat it with like a torch. Oh fuck! I I don't know. Any chefs out there? Chris Hill, if you're listening, we need to know what that's called. <laughs> um, Melted. No, there's a word for it. We're we're moving on. <laughs> Um, in, in Vernon, New Jersey, we have Wild Turkey Golf Club, so definitely fits the, uh, Thanksgiving vibe, uh, also fits... I love fits, Wild Turkey Whiskey, too. I was gonna say, it's also very good whiskey. Um, yeah. number two, in Pearson, Michigan, we have Pilgrim's Run Golf Club, so that's kind of a cool, uh, they have, like, a little, like, homage to where the Pilgrims finally quote-unquote settled in America on one of their holes, so that's a pretty cool on name. one of their holes. Just right there. And uh, number one, it's kind of obvious, but just a great, great name in general. I, I'd actually like to work at any of these courses just because you could have so many cool nicknames for it. I mean, not there's not much cooler than the Valley of Fun, but, you know. And so number one we have in Lehigh, Utah, It's actually the golf course is called Thanksgiving Thanks. Point. Yeah, th- I was going to say, if, if Thanksgiving Point's not on that list, I'd... I'd I'm at a loss for what's related to Thanksgiving. The whole list is null and void. You don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all bullshit. But uh, Johnny Miller actually designed that that golf course, and they play that, um, I want to say, in the Utah State Open or at the very least in a qualifier for the web.com. Or they, they did play the – or I'm sorry, now it's the Corn Ferry Tour. They play the Corn Ferry Tour event there, and it – it plays about 70, 7,900 yards. It's long as fuck. But <laughs> that when you mentioned golf courses with the name Thanksgiving, and I was like, Thanksgiving points got to be on there. Also, uh, I got to give an honorable mention. I mean, it's more Halloween. But like Spencer said with a pumpkin, uh, there is Sleepy Hollow Country Club, which is That's very... so badass. That name is so sick. Oh yeah, I I want to buy a membership there just to say I'm a member of Sleepy Hollow. Like, how cool is that shit? And it's got a few of the most iconic uh, photographed holes in the world. It's it's just north of New York City, up the river, um, and that's that's got to be an honorable mention. I mean, oh yeah, that's a great name, great folly. Uh, Following yeah. Thanksgiving type of name. Can you imagine what you could do with the logos? Oh my god. Oh dude, that's... so many so much so much cool oh. shit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh all right. Fucking sleepy hollow. Alright, before we get out of here, we want to tell you guys about um our DNVR Black Christmas. So I know it's Thanksgiving, but we're all thinking ahead to Christmas. Um all the decorations are probably already up for most of you crazies out there. Mine are up at my house, but it wasn't my decision, nor did I do most of the decorations. Um, but you guys need to have some like, good ideas for Christmas this year, and a lot of the shopping is going to be done online, um, or if you just want to get yourself something. I don't always recommend it right before Christmas, but hey, you're the most important in your person in your own life, so go out and treat yourself. Um, but we're having a Black, Black Friday Cyber Monday sale over at DNVR. You can get up to 80% off the entire store. And if you spend $75 before taxes, we'll give you a $15 gift card that you can apply Tuesday, 
December 1st at the DNVR Locker. Last but not least, when you sign up for an annual membership, $59.99, you automatically get a $60 gift card to the DNVR Locker. So you're, so you're basically, basically getting a free membership. You get a free membership for signing up for a DNVR membership, and that gift card you can start using December 1st to apply to any purchase. This is such a great time to support us, support DNVR now that we're in another lockdown and we've had to close the bar. We'll give you a killer deal on the merch, and you're helping support your favorite sports media company, DNVR. There's no one that does it better. The Rockies guys, the Nuggets guys, Avs guys. Rugby guys, the Rams, Buffs, all those, everybody there, you know, Michaela, Allie. Like we said, we're the, we're the least talented of the group. Yeah, we're the least talented, least exciting, worst-looking group of DNVR, but you guys can support us. You get a killer deal, and so this Friday, get on there, get yourself a membership for next year, and basically get yourself a free membership by getting, and then you get $60 worth of dope merchandise, so... And yeah, the uh, the hoodies they just dropped that we just dropped are unbelievable. I mean, Allie just posted them on or posted a picture in her camo hoodie, and it is so fire. I need one yesterday. Yeah, that's that's a definite must purchase. So thank you guys all for listening to this podcast. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, remember we are doing a, we just released last night a course review of City Park. So we went and played City Park with RK and our friend Ben the, uh, a couple weeks ago. So we released a course review, pictures, give you guys kind of a some insight to, you know, the value. We, we review the playability, the course conditions, everything. So go ahead and head on to thednvr.com. Check that out. That is for golf subscribers only. So get your golf membership now. And if you do get your golf membership, use our code BDE. It saves you $10 off that golf membership. Um, but check out our course reviews. We're going to have more TikToks coming out now that it's winter. Uh, we got the drone. I've been taking some flight tests with the drone. We're going to have some cool videos with that. So continue to follow along. Thank you all for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next time. With For my brother Mitch, I am Big Drive Spence. And the golf bros are out.